What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the Windchill Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Justice General, and this is Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I have a very, 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 very special guest today with me. Uh, somebody I really, really look up to. I've been following him on Twitter for a little while now. Uh, he has a ton of engagement. You know, he, he's one of the, the top guys, in my opinion, if you ask me. Uh, Mr. LaShawn German, you uh, want to say something to the people? Oh, man, that's some that's some intro right there, man. I don't know if I can live up to that. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be on. Thanks for reaching out to me. Always love talking Bills football and jumping on anyone's podcast that's willing to chop it up. And just happy to be here with you, brother. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Um, I didn't honestly, to be honest, if I can just uh, be candid for a minute, I, I was always afraid to ask if you, you wanted to come on because I thought I might, you know, it was like he's busy, probably ain't got time. <laughs> so um, it's, I'm excited to have you on. <laughs> oh, nah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm very friendly. I'm, I mean, you can always at me, you can DM me, you got my number now, so you can tweet me anytime. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm very friendly, very approachable, and you know, growing up, I didn't have anybody to talk Bills football with. So now that I found Twitter and you know got Bills Mafia behind me, I'm 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 always down to talk football. So you got my number. Just call me or text me anytime now, brother. Absolutely, and I'm I'm gonna hold you to that because I definitely will. Um, and I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. You know, I didn't really have anybody to talk Bills football with until I you know introduced to Bills Twitter. So that was a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, but. I guess we should get into the big news of the day. Um, Julio Jones is headed to the AFC. Uh, he's traded to the Tennessee Titans. Um, I'm not sure if they finalized what what the exact compensation is yet, but the last time, the last thing I saw, it was second round pick uh, going to Tennessee, a second round and a fifth round pick, and I think Tennessee gets Julio in a sixth round pick. I think it was. Yeah, what I kept reading was uh, the. Falcons are getting a second round pick this year and a fourth round the next year from the okay, Titans. So and the okay. Titans are getting Julio Jones and then a six round six round pick back is what I read. Okay. All right, so yeah, I had that a little mixed up. All right. uh, my apologies. But um so how do you, you feel about the first of all, let's let's just talk about the Titans for a second. How do you kind of feel like that puts their roster in terms of the AFC hierarchy? I mean, I think that's a good look for them. You know, I know they had lost some weapons on offense in the in the offseason, so I really didn't want them getting their hands on Julio. I think that's like a revival for the Titans. And, you know, like on uh, Twitter, a lot of Bills fans are saying, who cares? And, you know, what's still this, what's still that? And I'm like, man, Tennessee, oh, man. Wow. That, that I mean, that, that yeah. changes the conference a little bit because that puts them – you know, that puts them back in the picture. So I think right I, time, yeah. I think if Julio can stay healthy, I think that that's going to be a good team over there. I really wanted us to trade for Julio, but he's a Titan now. And I'm like, man, that man is a legend. I know he's banged up a lot and stuff like that. But if that man can stay healthy, I think he's going to be on a mission. I think Tennessee is going to be a force this year. Absolutely. I agree 100%. There's, there was people who was telling me, you know, the Titans weren't very much of a threat like before the Julio thing. And I was like, I don't think y'all know too much about the Titans. Like, the Titans are kind of good. Now they got Julio. It's like, you know, a little scary, honestly. Um, but just the, uh, where are you at with, with Julio Jones in terms of his 
his uh, athletic prowess and where he ranks in uh, NFL history amongst wide receivers. I think he's one of the best receivers of, he's definitely one of the best of this generation for sure. I mean, nobody can question that. And I think he's one of the best of all time. I mean, his numbers are incredible. You know, how big he is, how fast he is, you know, how, how great he's been for a long time. Like I said, he gets banged up, but the the man still plays. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't miss that many games and, you know, he's 32 now. I think he probably has, two, three more years of being a really good player if he can stay healthy before he tells off. So I think I think Tennessee got them a player. I, I really wanted – I'm not going front. I really wanted him in Buffalo. But I think he's going to do his thing in Tennessee. I really do. I mean, you got – you know, you got him. You got A.J. Brown. You got Henry. I mean, it's going to be a matter of what Tannehill does at the quarterback position and obvious how their defense is. But I think Julio got some years left on him. Yeah, I, I actually have Julio Jones as number three in my uh, – as far as um, wide receivers of all time. I got Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, and then uh, Julio. And, and T.O. is probably, probably right there tied with Julio for three. I got to, you know, switch between the two. Um, but just the athletic the athleticism and, like, he, he's virtually unstoppable given the right, you know, circumstances. So – uh, that yeah, like I said, that, that was a little scary. Um, <laughs> so um, as far as the AFC is concerned, now what, what are you thinking? Like, is, are the the Bills and the Chiefs still the you know the the dogs to continue with? Are they still you know the 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 uh, top dogs? I, I meant to say, um, or do you see maybe somebody surpassing them, or do you see the Bills to surpassing the Chiefs, or what, what's going through your head? I see the Chiefs and the Bills as the cream of the crop in the AFC, and I still have the Chiefs as the best team in the conference. I mean, they beat us up pretty bad twice last year, so until we beat Kansas City, I can't say that we're better than Kansas City, but I think right after Kansas City, you have the Bills, so I think the Chiefs are one, the Bills are two, and then a little bit after that, you know, you have the Browns, who are supposed to be really good this year. You have the Colts. I think if Carson Wentz can stay healthy and play well, then the Colts, they got a lot of talent over there. You know, then I still like the Ravens. I really like the Ravens, you know. So if I had a pecking order, I think it would be the Chiefs one, Bills two, probably the Colts three, uh, the Browns four, Ravens five. I think the Titans are a really good team as well. So I think it's about six teams in the AFC that's really going to battle it out for, you know, to try to get to the Super Bowl. But, I mean, I think the I think the Chiefs got better this year. So I think we're still chasing Kansas City, and then everybody else is chasing the Bills and Kansas City. See, I'm I'm with you there. There's not a lot of people that are high on the Colts, but I feel like if Carson Wentz can show even a fraction of what he did in his or uh, nearly MVP season in, in uh, Philly, Colts are going to be a problem. Um, I, I can see that being a very big problem. Um, just so as far as the Bills roster goes, you said that you have them second in in your your AFC power rankings. What what would it take for them to to kind of move up and, and surpass Kansas City? Is there like a, a roster issue or do you not trust the coaching staff or what's going on? I'm very high on the Bills. I mean, I don't want anybody to get it twisted. I think we're a Super Bowl caliber team. I'm very, 
this is the highest I've been on the bill since the Super Bowl years, back when I was, you know, a little pick me back in the days. So I'm very high <laughs> on the bill, so I don't want anybody to get that wrong. But I, I, I love the coaching staff. I love the roster. I think we're loaded. I think we have a great team. I think I love the owners, the general manager, Brandon Bean. I think he's one of the best in the business. Sh uh, same for Sean McDermott. I love the Bills roster. I just can't put us above Kansas City until we actually beat them. They came to Buffalo right. and the ball down our throat. That game was not really that competitive. And then actually, as we speak, the uh, Bills at Chiefs AFC Championship game is on NFL Network right now as we're doing this podcast. And that game, I mean, we we jumped on them early, went up nine to nothing. And then after that, Kansas City just ran us off the field. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know if it would be it's not too many, you know, too many pieces the Bills can add right now. You know that can that I think would put us over Kansas City. Even though I'm really hoping that we find a way to either trade for Zach Ertz or add Stephen Nelson, the free agent cornerback from the Steelers that's still out there. So I don't I don't really think there's anything that would put us above them until we face them and we beat them. So until we beat them, I can't put us above Kansas City because they beat us twice last year, and I think they got better. I'm I'm right there with you, honestly. Everything you said so far, kind of exactly where I'm at with it. Um, so, what are some some weaknesses on the Bills roster, or some holes, if you will, or do you feel like there's holes or just weaknesses, and where are they? I don't really see the Bills having any holes. Like I said, I think I think this team is loaded. Obviously, we got to get better in the running game, so it's going to be a really big season for Singletary Moss. I mean, Singletary, I was really high on him after his rookie season. Then last year, you know, for whatever the case may be, he didn't have that good of a year. I mean, Zach Moss, I think he can put in a lot of work in the second year. And I also really love the addition of Matt Breida, you know, the cheetah. You know, if he's he's a very explosive running back. And I think if we can, we have to improve our running game. I mean, our passing attack is up there with the best, but – I think we need to improve our run blocking. We need to improve our running game overall. I think if we can improve our running game, our offense will be deadly on that side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, you know, uh, hopefully we get, you know, Starla Tulele back. I'm, I'm I'm thinking we will. I know it was a lot of rumors. Is he retiring? And then he released the video, you know, somebody released the video, of him working out and looking good. So um on defense, I think we need to improve our running game. I like, you know, the addition of Gregory Russo and Basham as well, you know, improving that pass rush. I think if, you know, Russo, Russo can give us something, if Basham can give us something, I think we're going to really depend on A.J. Epinesa and uh, in his second year. I think if our pass rush can get better as well as, you know, stopping the run, I think the Bills can be a Super Bowl contender for sure. So I don't really see any holes on this team, you know. So, I mean, a lot of people say maybe second cornerback spot. So, you know, I would love if we added Steven Nelson. But also, you know, I know Bills Mafia is really high on Dane Jackson. So if we don't have add Nelson, we can see what he does in his second year. But, you know, I think I think from top to bottom, this team is loaded. Okay, so uh, with that being said, for you, 
I want I have two questions for you. A, who is RB1 going into 2021 season? And who is CB2 going into 2021 season? I'm hoping that Devin Singletary is RB1. I mean, like I said, coming off his rookie season, I was very high on him. And last year was kind of a, you know, he tailed off a little bit, but I don't know if that was due to run block in the concepts, whatever the case may be. But I'm hoping that Singletary is. Are you still there, brother? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can hear you now. Okay, yeah, I'm hoping that Singletary is RB1, and then you have Zach Moss as RB2, and then Breida comes in, change of pace. You know, maybe he can pop him some big runs this season. We can get him the ball out and open, maybe some, you know, screen passes. So I'm hoping that Singletary is RB1. I haven't given up on him yet. I'm still kind of high on Singletary, so I want to see what he does. And CB2, if we don't add Nelson, I'll just speak about who we have on the roster now because he's not a bill. I'm thinking Levi Wallace is going to be RB2. I mean, uh, you know, some people get on Levi. Obviously, if you got, you know, an uh, all-pro and Tredavious White on the other side, you know, teams are going to pick on, you know, Levi Wallace. They're going to go away from, you know, Tredavious White. That's just common sense. But, I mean, every season somebody's taking Levi's spot, but they never wind up taking a spot. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a nice competition between him and Dane Jackson. But until somebody supplants Levi Wallace, I think he's RB2 until somebody takes his job. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fair. That's that's very fair. Like I, I, I even last year, like there was a point where I used to call him like Leviability Wallace because he just he got torched sometimes, and it was like uh, it, was, it was annoying to watch. But I did, you know, hear that point this off season that you know he uh, was he like seventh round pick or undrafted or something like that. Yeah, undrafted. And then you, yeah, undrafted. He's played in 35 games in his career, and he started every single one. So it's like, okay, you know, you're not necessarily expecting an undrafted free agent to come in and play significant minutes for AFC championship contending team. So obviously he's doing something right. You know what I mean? Like he, he's been sending off people, and he's, he's kept his spot on the roster. So, you know, I give him the benefit of the doubt at this point. Um, and and I, I like to see where he can go. I think he's, in, he's going into his fourth year, if I'm not mistaken maybe like third or fourth, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where that is. And also, a Matt Breida screen, that sounds dangerous. I, I definitely want to see where that can go because <laughs> that, that speed uh, that that speed can, can definitely uh, flip the field, to say the least. Uh, so where are you at with uh, the, the skills positions? Like, are specifically the wide receiver position. Well, what are your thoughts on on uh, our court? I love our wide receiver group. I mean, I wanted to add Julio, but that's not to say anything bad about, you know, who we have right now with, you know, all pro digs. He's a monster. I was so happy we traded for that man. He's a beast. I knew he was a beast too. I just think he needed a better quarterback and more opportunity. And now, you know, number one in targets, number one in receptions, number one in receiving yards. So I think we got that alpha number one receiver at number one. 
And you got Cole Beasley, second team all pro, one of the best slot receivers in the game. You got him in the slot. I know Brandon Bean said he was trying to get Emmanuel Sanders for a couple years now. So now, you know, I know he's older now being 35, but I think he can, you know, I think he can replace John Brown. That's what I'm hoping for. And he can put in some work. And I love Gabriel Davis. I mean, I really do. I think he's going to be a beast in his second season. So I think he'll be able to, you know, develop. He has all the tools. He has, you know, he's he's big, he's fast, he can catch the ball. So I think he's going to, you know, put in work. So, I mean, I, I really love our uh, wide receiver core. You got McKenzie, you know, probably is the number five. He had like eight total touchdowns last year. So I'm I'm very high on the Bills wide receiver group. I think it's definitely one of the best in the league. Top three, top five for sure. Do you see Gabriel Davis potentially uh, surpassing Emmanuel Sanders for that, uh, you know, that outside spot uh, at wide receiver two? I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. You know, obviously, you know, Gabriel Davis is going into a second season, so he's a young pup, and I'd rather – you know, ultimately he takes, you know, over that second outside wide receiver position over Emmanuel Sanders, just thinking about, you know, long-term because, you know, Gabriel Davis will be here for the foreseeable future. And we don't know how long Emmanuel Sanders is going to be here. So I, I, I think so. I think Gabriel Davis is going to be able to put together a complete, you know, season, put everything together. And I think eventually, Probably not to start the season, but I think eventually he'll be able to take over Emmanuel Sanders as that number two guy outside. I'm uh, that's what I'm hoping for for sure. I agree. Um, see, I'm I was kind of hoping, like, because I I noticed that being you know have been going after Sanders for a little while now, and we know what type of offensive philosophy Brian Dable has. Like, even if you pay attention last year, uh, not this past season, but the year before that, Josh's second year. When we first played the Jets, we started out in five wide and we were like throwing the ball constantly. And I think Dabo maybe figured out Josh wasn't quite ready for that. And we didn't have, you know, a real number one receiver. We had John Brown at the time. So I think he realized the offense wasn't ready for that. And then he came back this year and kind of, you know, took off with that philosophy of just like straight air attack. Um, so I, I kind of feel like he intends to have Emmanuel Sanders play a, a Cole Beasley type of role. So you have two of those guys out there, you know, finding holes in, in the zone and, you know, getting those short yardage uh, games or gains, excuse me. Uh, what, what do you see Emmanuel Sanders' role being potentially? I'm hoping, you know, even to to what you said, I mean, that that, that makes sense to me. But I'm hoping if, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, I, I think he'll probably be, fourth on the team, possibly in target. So I don't, you know, expect him to be the alpha or anything like that. We have we have digs for that, obviously. But I mean if he can, you know, even help with the with the younger guys, you know, like uh, help with Gabriel Davis, help with Isaiah Hodgins, if he can, you know, if he's able to make the team, you know, because he's the oldest guy on our team. He's been in the league the longest. He has a lot of you know, experience and, you know what I mean? He's had some good seasons as well. So I'm hoping if he can, you know, help raise the young people on the roster and if he can, you know, get open over the middle, have some big clutch catches, you know, catch a you know, couple bombs throughout the season. I mean, I don't need him to have a monster season, but, you know, if he can somehow, 
you know, even put up the numbers that, well, he's he's not going to probably have a thousand yards like John Brown did, you know, a couple of years ago. But I mean, if Emmanuel Sanders can give us, you know, seven, 800 yards, maybe, you know, six, seven touchdowns, I'm I'm happy with that, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's that's perfect if he can give us that. That that's like I think that would be like the perfect amount of production from somebody in, in his probably limited role because he's a little bit older. I don't see him, you know, just all over the field necessarily uh this season. So um yeah, I think that, that would that would probably be, be ideal. Um moving over to the other side of the ball really quickly. Now we have Jerry Hughes, who's, you know, a little older, uh, you know, veteran in the game. Then just going across the line, you got Star Latulule, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips. Uh, and then uh, on the edges, again, you got uh, Basham, Rousseau, Epinesa, Bam Johnson, oh, Addison. Um, so where do you see our defensive line heading this season? Do you think that some guys are going to step up, maybe potentially become a star, superstar type, or do you think it'll be, uh, you know, just a solid line that works together, or do you think we need some improvements that need to be made? I mean, I'll go with, I'll go with solid. I mean, I don't really see any superstars right now on that D line. I mean, Jerry Hughes is, you know, at the moment, our best pass rusher. I like Jerry Hughes. He gets a lot of pressure. He he puts in work. I know in the playoffs, he's like one of the top sack leaders in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw that not too long ago. So I think Jerry's solid. I know he's getting up there in age. He has one year left on his deal. So I think even Jerry's playing for a new contract. So I'm not worried about him. Um, not too really high on Mario Addison. I mean, we brought him in, paid him a lot of money. And, you know, he only got us five sacks last year, five, five and a half sacks. So, I mean, I honestly, I thought, you know, the Bills were actually going to probably release him to try to add some some cap space. So I'm not really high on him. He's going to have to make me a believer. I mean, and this is going to be a really big season for Ed Oliver. I mean, we took him, you know, top 10 in the draft and, you know, he hasn't really lived up to the hype. I mean, I know last year they said it was – because Star wasn't next to him. So he'll have Star back this year. And I think if the defense can, you know, you know, a couple years ago, they were an elite defense last year. You know, they were middle of the pack at best. So I'm thinking the defense has to turn around. And if they can, you know, contend with what the offense is doing, I think the Bills are going to be a Super Bowl team or Super Bowl caliber team, I should say. But going back to the D-line, I mean, you got Starla Tulele. He's returning. You know, that's going to be big for the defense. And I don't know. I think it's going to come down to what we get from Ed Oliver and also what we get from our rookies as well. I mean, you got Gregory Russo in the first round. They say he's a he's a developmental player, you know, him taken off last season so it's gonna depend on what we get from him as well as Basham so I think the D-line is 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 a work in progress and I can't you know I can't wait to see how how it all turns out but if the D if the D-line gets going I think that's gonna go a long way into our defense getting back to being dominant like it was a couple years ago okay um you did mention Russo speaking of Russo so 
I've kind of noticed a, a pattern in, in the way Brandon Bean drafts. Uh, the year previous, so it would be 2017, Josh Allen was predicted to be the number one overall pick going into the 2018 draft. And then in 2018, Ed Oliver was predicted to be the number one overall pick going into the 2019 draft. And uh, this year, we didn't have a first round pick last year. It, it you know, added up to Stephon Diggs. Uh, and then this year, Greg Rousseau, who played in 2019, he had half a sec less than Chase Young, who ended up being, you know, a top two pick. Do you you see the pattern in, in kind of like the way Brandon Bean goes about the draft? And do you think that that pattern will be successful to kind of take people who you know, have been projected to have a high ceiling and then underperformed uh, the next year or there's had this stock kind of, you know, fall down a little bit? I mean, that's that's a great question, really. I mean, I defer to Brandon Bean. I, I, I trust his vision. You know, obviously he's coming off executive of the year and he's turned the bills from uh, laughing stock in the league to a Super Bowl caliber roster. So I can't, you know, I can't I can't tell him anything wrong. I mean, him, him, him adding him adding Josh Allen when I thought we should have took Josh Rosen. That's why he's being paid the millions of dollars. And I'm, you know, being an armchair general manager over here. <laughs> really? I mean, I, I, I trust Bean. I know uh, Russo. He you know, he has the size. I know. I mean, his nickname is Groot. So. You know, like he's he's long. He was a monster in college a couple of years ago. Like I said, right up there with Chase Young. And we all know Chase Young came into the league and, you know, took the NFL by storm, you know, defensive rookie of the year. You know, I don't I don't know if he's if he's on that level, but even if he can give us a fraction of, you know, if he can give us a fraction of that, I think the, you know, Bills can go places. So, you know, like I said, I really I really trust Bean. We going, you know, see what we get from Russo. But you know, I I, I really I, I like I like Bean. I like Bean's. Uh, I like his drafts. I like uh, I like most of the moves that he makes. So you know, it's we we, we going to see real soon. Actually, yeah, that's true. Uh, going back to what you mentioned before, you talked about how the defense didn't have a great start last year. Let's just be candid; they were trash to begin the year. <laughs> and then uh, toward the back end of the season, they actually became quite elite, honestly. They were, I think, believe one of the top five defenses in the league uh, from the time we lost to the Cardinals on onward. So with Brian Dable back, we got Leslie Frazier back. Obviously, we still have Sean McDermott. Uh, our offense took that that jump, the next step to becoming, you know, an elite offense or at least passing attack. Do you think we'll be able to bring, or in Brian Daywell's fourth and probably final year with the team, do you think he'll be able to bring everything together as far as the passing, rushing, uh, everything that, that, that goes with, you know, the offensive court coordination? Uh, and then do you think that Leslie Frazier will be able to, continue you know what because you know like you even said in uh 2000 
19, you know, we were in elite defense last year. We started off rough and then, you know, got back to it toward the back end. Do you think that we'd be able to bring everything together as a football team next year? And what is your prediction for the 17-game season as far as record-wise? Now, if the Bills are able to put everything together, who is stopping this team? I mean, the offense was incredible last year. One, our offense was historic. You know, most points scored in Bills history. We were destroying teams leading into the playoffs, blowing teams' doors off, Broncos, Dolphins, Patriots, I mean, destroying teams. So if the Bills are able to put everything together, like I said, I don't know who can really stop this team. That's when I think we can be better than Kansas City if the offense and defense and special teams can put everything together. Obviously, we're going to see this upcoming season, but I really, I definitely trust the process. I mean, I trust McDermott. Uh, Dayball proved himself. Like I said, I think, like you said, actually, I think this is going to be his last season. I was shocked that he didn't become a head coach and definitely the head coach of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers this year, but I'm happy to have him back. I really like Leslie Frazier. I think the I think we have a great coaching staff overall, but I think it's going to come more down to the players as, you know, executing and doing what they have to do as opposed to the coaching staff. But like I said, hopefully they can put everything together. And I'm bullish on the Bills. I think I think this is a 14 and 3 team. I don't like I, I think this is a 14 and 3 team. To, to answer your question, I think the regular season we're going to be 14 and 3. And I'm really hoping that that's a good enough record to get the number one seed because I think in order for us to go to the Super Bowl, because I think this is a Super Bowl caliber team, I think the Bills are going to have to have home field advantage. And I think we need to see come playoff time, the Chiefs come to Buffalo as opposed to us going to Kansas City. I really don't want to go to a jam-packed Arrowhead Stadium like we did last season. I'm hoping that game is in Buffalo. And I think we're going to need every advantage possible to beat Kansas City because Mahomes is you know, a future Hall of Famer, and they got all that talent, and Andy Reid's already a Hall of Fame coach, and I think Kansas City is an incredible team. I think they're the best team in the league, and I think we need every advantage we can, so I'm thinking the Bills are going to go 14-3. and I know that's a that's a lot of wins, man. I'm thinking the Bills are going to go 14-3, and and I'm hoping we're able to host Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. Man, I, I might have to put out the video to this podcast just so my listeners don't think I'm talking to myself because swear everything you say is exactly what I've said for the last however long I've been doing this podcast. So <laughs> it's just like you speak it to the choir. <laughs> um, but I, I can't. So unfortunately, uh, due to some technical issues, the rest of our audio was cut off. Um, I just basically asked uh, him, you know, his Josh Allen, pro, um, his Josh Allen projections. And he was telling me about how he feels like this could be a 5,000-yard, 50-touchdown season for Josh Allen, uh, which is something I've been saying for a while now. So uh, it was really refreshing to hear somebody also give that feedback. Um, Unfortunately, again, you know, we don't have the audio for it, uh, but uh, I just wanted to let you guys know, you know, what his thoughts were since, you know, I always ask that specific question. 
But again, I really, really want to thank Mr. German for coming on and being a part of the the, prod, the podcast. Uh, I really want to thank each and every single one of you guys who listen, especially if you're listening up to this point. Uh, thank you so much. I love you all. And thank you for watching or listening to the Windshield Factor podcast on the Built in Buffalo Network. I have been your host, Justice General, and I hope you have a, a beautiful evening.